0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pause Reviews Podcast. As always, I'm um, your host, Frank, joined by my trusty co-host Tim. Dude, it's so good to I, I'm starting to feel back in the rhythm. Like, yeah. you know, this week was still a little bit tough in remembering, like, oh, snap, I have to watch a movie. Uh, yeah. I didn't tell our listeners what movie to watch. Uh, you know, catching like the little mistakes and bugs that well, you know, they become second nature as you as you get a couple more. But I'm sure. still I'm still waking up from my, uh you know, season break slumber and and knocking the rust off, you know?
1: Yeah, I even found myself just being more willing to just watch random things this week. Um, some of them I might talk about, but but I just found myself kind of willing to just watch anything again because it's like, oh, well, this isn't. For not, I can talk about this, you know, on the next rewind episode or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely shook me out of my. Let's watch a R- rerun of Pawn Stars today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've finally, I think I've broken the spell i watched no below deck or any other reality show the past you know week or two you know first of all prepping for last week's episode and then this week where we're talking about the jason siegel film the five-year engagement and and actually what i did was after watching it and and sort of working through some of the talking points that i wanted to discuss the arguments the arguments that i want to make for, you know, stating the case that this movie is worth your time. Yeah. You know, and then I started watching some other Jason Siegel stuff, including rewatching uh How I Met Your Mother on ah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. And that's a show I always kind of dug. I know it gets a lot of flack, and I know that especially with the ending and stuff, which I totally get it. I think yep. it's absolutely justified all the criticisms. It's still kind of fun to watch for me. Yeah. But the main reason is him. And and so we'll, you know, and we'll talk a bit about that when we get into the movie a bit more. But just I just he's so underrated. And so yeah. I kind of enjoyed this week sort of remembering why we like Jason Siegel.
1: Yeah, that's a really solid point because we did the How I Met Your Mother thing a couple of summers ago because um, I had watched it in sort of real time for a while and then I fell off and then just never got back on the bandwagon. And I think now that I hear you say that, I think you're absolutely right. I, there's, I, I can write off a lot of the other characters in that show, but um, Jason Siegel and then by extension, Alison Hannigan, like, I, they are my favorite kind of storyline throughout the um throughout the series and i mean it doesn't really surprise me because you know looking over the movies that you know especially that jason Siegel has written i like a bunch of those movies some of them not as much i think i've only seen get him to the greek once and i think that movie just made no sense in my brain right but i love sex tape Uh, i thought that movie's hilarious i've watched that movie a couple times and so i really do enjoy him in uh, even just in his smaller roles, like in Knocked Up and stuff like that, uh, he he's really is someone I enjoy watching.
0: Yeah, so with that, let's kind of dive in. This yeah. week we are talking about, as I mentioned, the film The Five-Year Engagement starring Jason Segel and Emily Blunt. There's also Chris Pratt and Allison Brie in Supporting Roles. Where can you watch this? Uh, Five-Year Engagement is actually available to stream right now on HBO Max. So Mm -hmm. that's where you can check it out. And I want to say the HBO Max version is the extended cut. That's got a slightly longer runtime than the already. (laughs) You know, the theatrical cut, I think, ran two hours, four minutes. And the extended cut runs two hours, 11 minutes. So a solid like seven minutes of additional content, which yeah, guess. doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. And then, and as always, spoiler alert, you know, we, we do our absolute best to kind of talk about these movies in a way that doesn't give away some of the big key moments and elements, but inevitably just through talking about it and we, we get caught up, whatever. We may drop a few spoilers here or there. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, if you trust our opinions and you want to give it a shot before listening to this episode, pause the show now, but that's why it's called Pause Reviews, pause <laughs> the show now, go back, check out the movie, and then bounce back to us and uh, and enjoy the conversation. If you don't mind or or, you know, that's knowing a little bit here or there is your jam, feel
1: free to keep on
0: listening and then decide if you want to watch it.
1: Yeah, then maybe make an educated guess if you need something uh to do on uh, you know Sunday night for your COVID lockdown Valentine's Day. Maybe this movie might be, you know, up your in your sweetheart's alley. Giggity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, and I think that's kind of why we picked this one too. Something that would be uh totally appropriate watch this weekend and yet deliver maybe something that is different than you remember
1: yeah i I think you kind of maybe end up walking a little bit of a, a not really a fine line, but there's a little you know there's some genre bending here um, you know it's not like it's not a chick flick but it's not in the vein of knocked up where maybe it's going to be a little bit more juvenile humor. So you kind of fall right in the middle there a little bit. So it might, you know, might work perfectly if you want something that kind of runs right down the middle and appeals to both, uh, you know, both sides of that relationship.
0: Yeah. This movie definitely has the potential to scratch multiple itches, you know, in a satisfying way that isn't over the top one or the other. Yeah. yeah, For sure. So, a little bit of background about The Five-Year Engagement. As we talk, it is a comedy, it's a romance, a rom-com maybe, but not necessarily in the traditional sense. I think it's very much those two things individually and yes. then merged together really well. It originally released in 2012, uh, directed by Nicholas Stoller. Nicholas Stoller also directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Him to the Greek, Neighbors, Neighbors 2, the movie Storks, which feels a little <laughs> random, it does. and uh, the Netflix series Friends from College. So he has worked with Jason Siegel quite a bit. The movie is written by Jason Siegel, who also wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which Stoller directed, wrote Get Him to the Greek, which Stoller directed, um, and then also wrote The Muppets and Sex Tape Neither of which Stoller had any hand (laughs) in. He was too busy making storks. Um, But Nicholas Stoller also co-wrote this movie. So, you know, he's also done writing work on films like Fun with Dick and Jane and Yes Man, Get Him to the Greek, Gulliver's Travels, uh, which actually, I think Gulliver's Travels wasn't Jason Segel and Emily Blunt both in that one?
1: Yeah, I... I I vaguely remember that version. Yeah.
0: So uh, also co-wrote The Muppets with Siegel. He wrote Muppets Most Wanted, co-wrote Sex Tape, also wrote Zoolander 2, Neighbors 2, Storks, Captain Underpants, which is (laughs) hilarious. Yeah. Not in that he wrote it, but my son and I actually really get a kick out of that movie. (laughs) And, uh, and then Dora and the Lost City of Gold. So Stoller kind of has his hand in a lot of different genres, which I think really works to his benefit. He is yeah. kind of expert at being able to very subtly weave in mature adult jokes, but into a context that is approachable and can be received by a broader audience, right? Yeah. Like Captain Underpants has, for example, has jokes in it that appeal to me but totally acceptable and fine for my seven year sure. old boy. Sure. Um, and I think he has a real talent for that. This is a really good duo. These guys work together quite a bit. They understand one another. They understand the brand of comedy they're going for and really expertly weave it into a broader narrative, which it just, to me, it makes it even more fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, when you can get a relationship like that where you've had success before. And, you know, maybe it's a situation where. You know, you're not feeling so hot on your script, or studio's not feeling so hot on it. If you can kind of bring in a in a a team where you're like, "Hey, we've done this before, and we've we've made good music together," then then let's take a chance on it. And I think you're right; it it does end up a very enjoyable product in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So enjoyable for us was it enjoyable to the masses? Mm. Uh, Theatrical release was rated R. There is an unrated version out there as well we talked about that and in terms of reviews it does okay but this movie in general was a massive massive flop so critically you know rotten tomatoes the critic score is a 63 that's not bad for a comedy i think but the audience score in a rare turn of events is actually lower i think critics here actually saw a bit more of the real story and the heart behind this movie than audiences did and uh, you know again imdb kind of runs that middle ground as well imdb is a 6.2 out of 10 and then in terms of financial success it wasn't one right and we've talked about this the estimated budget for this movie was 30 million dollars and the worldwide gross was only 54 million dollars yeah. And, and a movie like this, especially on the heels of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I remember a lot of press for this. I remember a lot of advertising for this. This was the big follow-up to the smash, smash hit that Forgetting Sarah Marshall was. What you do here is just to estimate, you essentially double the budget, right? Because you figure your budget for production, you're going to spend that much in Uh, media or you know in advertising and in prints right so actually like distributing the film to theaters to get it shown or whatever Mm -hmm. so you've got a clear 60 million just to break even and and this movie obviously didn't do that so a financial flop an audience flop slightly better critical success but overall this is one that a lot of people wrote off do you remember seeing it for the first time
1: no, and that's exactly what I was going to tell you is I, I love Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That is up there. Like that is a movie. If I see it on TV, I will watch it. And yes. I, I don't know if it's something about Hawaii movies, but like it is right up there with 51st uh, States for me. Like I love Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I was so excited when Get Him to the Greek was coming out. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. But I don't remember this movie in between and then Get Him to the Greek, like I said before just doesn't compute in my head i guess there's two jonah hills running around in this you know what flag. though
0: i think get him to the greek came out before this one
1: before this I yeah, said, yeah i think it
0: was forgetting sarah marshall get him to the greek and then this one came after all that
1: yeah i th- this totally was under my radar like completely to the point when i was like wait is th- did this even have a, re- a wide release was this you know a direct to something but no, yeah, I totally missed this the first time around, and it would have been, like I said, right up uh, in my 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 wheelhouse of things that I would have uh, I would have watched based on my previous. Um, viewing habits and then i think like a, that will kind of color my ultimate thoughts on this of why that's unfortunate <laughs> why it's an unfortunate thing that people missed it
0: you know what though that does help me make a little bit more sense though of it because yeah forgetting sarah marshall comes out in 2008 get him to the greek comes out immediately after in 2010 okay. and then there's the muppets which the muppets had decent success if i'm remembering right
1: yeah, and there was a big renaissance around the Muppets. That's an IP that people get really jazzed about. So.
0: It's also obviously a broader audience appeal, that yep. kind of thing. So financially, you're going to do better at the box office when people can bring their kids, right? There's there's yep. a reason why traditionally superhero movies, all that kind of stuff, weren't rated R, is because you need to to bring in a, a broader you know swath right. of of people until the massive success of Deadpool but we're not here to talk about that right now and so a five-year engagement then like I mentioned comes out in 2012 so it's interesting because you know I kind of saw this as the follow-up that there should have been a lot more buildup but it makes perfect sense that get them to the Greek was not well received at mm-hmm. all that was a massive flop so coming on the heels of that and that does that taint people's views here like this this would have certainly been the movie of if you don't strike the gold that you struck with your first one here then you're gonna be M. Night Shyamalan right like you're yeah. going to we're, we're gonna kind of write you off now that's not what has happened Jason Siegel has maintained a very successful career mm-hmm. but you know, that definitely helps to paint that picture a little bit more clearly that people kind of came into this one. It wasn't just high expectations. It was you had better wow me or else we're going to take Sarah Marshall as a as a one hit wonder. And 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 we're going to kind of lump you in and say, you know, you just couldn't strike magic twice. Same like the Michael Jackson effect, right? Yeah. It's like, can you do better than...
1: Well, it's Thriller, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's probably, if not the greatest of all time, it's 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 up there in the consideration for greatest album of all time. And while, so- I
0: mean, he still had some successful songs, but he could never match that, the magic that was that album. Yeah. So I think people were kind of looking at Siegel in a similar way and saying like, eh, you gave us Get Him to the Greek and Muppets was okay. But like, if this isn't on par with Sarah Marshall, then maybe you're not who we thought you were.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting to to flip that around, right? Like, if you had the 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 marketing power or the the momentum of coming off of Sarah Marshall into this movie instead, it's two very you know in a similar vein of romantic comedy rom com esque kind of movies, you might actually get a little bit more traction into this movie. Whereas you know coming off of like you said, Get Him to the Greek, maybe there's not as much marketing power behind it and then certainly not the momentum coming off of that into this as maybe it would have been if if they were reversed for some reason I mean again I don't know the necessity for get him to the Greek I was really excited about it saw it once and never cared to see it again because it just did not uh, Aldous was a great character in Sarah Marshall but not somebody I wanted to build a whole movie around
0: (laughs) yeah agreed so with everything that we're saying here it seems like there's a bit of a negative spin and sort of a negative cloud around this movie. Why are we doing a deep dive on it and saying that it is worth your time?
1: <laughs>
0: and so I think the answer for me is that, is that I think because of the letdown that some of the movies were after Forgetting Sarah Marshall, his that nothing really quite hit the same comedic notes and the same success as that movie, I think when people went in to see this one, they were expecting one thing, delivered something different, not worse, not bad, in my opinion, but something different that was unexpected, and therefore, it was sort of immediately cast aside as another flop, right? Mm -hmm. Another Mm -hmm. failed at bat, when in reality, I genuinely believe that this movie can stand up there with his best works, Siegel's best work, and Stoller's best works, just in that it so successfully marries these story, these these approaches to storytelling, right? The, the mm-hmm. strong comedic approach, and then, but also this heartfelt, really narrative and character-driven romance. And and what we're gonna do now is sort of essentially try to pitch you that. This movie is worth a second, if not a third shot, if your expectations maybe going into it are a little bit more tailored into what is accurate for this movie. right? Yes. If you're going in there looking for like a, an Apatow-esque, you know, just laugh riot type blue comedy movie, that that's not what this is. And I think it's all the better that it isn't limited to just that. Mm-hmm. So yes. so, so, this is our effort in this episode to try to get you guys to give this movie, the five-year engagement, another chance and see if, like us, you think that this movie really, really, truly is something special to watch.
1: Yep. Can we do it?
0: <laughs> Can we convince him? <laughs> to- no, I'm just <laughs> um, Oh, failed segments. <laughs> so let's dive in. So the synopsis IMDB writes the synopsis as one year after meeting, Tom proposes to his girlfriend, Violet, but unexpected events keep tripping them up as they look to walk down the aisle together. These two have been dating for a year. We catch them right at the one year anniversary mark where Tom is proposing to Violet no spoilers here it's called the five-year engagement they become <laughs> engaged right but she is trying to become a uh, professor she does like she's like a sociology type professor person she's in a grad program it seems mm-hmm. um yep. you know I'm, I'm kind of just trying to remember these elements yeah
1: she's she's wor- working her way to, on, on a track like that she's looking for a grad pro- a, a program that it seems she's um to get into that, if she's working under a professor with a a grad student into a, you know, spot in that department. Essentially. It seems to
0: like pursuing a doctoral type program at the same time. And Mm -hmm. yeah. So she, um, she's trying to, they live in San Francisco. So Jason Siegel plays Tom, uh, Emily Blunt plays Violet. They're living in San Francisco. He's a sous chef trying to make it as a chef in San Francisco and doing quite well. He's very successful at what he does. And Violet, unfortunately, does not get a job in California and is instead offered a job in Michigan. So at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. Go Wolverines. <laughs> and so uh, so now the question, you know, what do we do from here? And yeah. and so Tom agrees to kind of drop what he's doing because he figures he can cook anywhere, move with her to Michigan. They're going to do two years there, put the wedding on hold, and then come back and, and try to. But from there, things just continuously snowball out of control. And, and this gets turned, you know, longer and longer into the five-year engagement.
1: Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, Ain't no way I'm leaving California for Michigan, bro. <laughs> I don't know, man. Is it? I do wonder. Is
0: it as bad as they paint it? Because that would be rough.
1: It is worse. Yeah, than that makes that, sense. Like there are scenes in this movie. Uh, there is one where Tom and Violet are walking home from a dinner uh, that the professor that she's studying under that she's working for uh, throws and. She's like, let's have sex right now in the snowbank. And I'm like, a, if it's January or whatever, it's winter semester, you're not wearing enough clothes to be walking outside, let alone get naked and not have something freeze off or freeze together. It is bitterly, bitterly cold in Michigan. My sister-in-law lives in Michigan, and it is just painfully cold at times. (laughs) I think they're high uh their wake up low was in like the, the 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 single digits uh or below this week. Um and that's before the polar vortex comes in. So no, no That's awful. No. Uh I would have said thanks but no thanks, sweetie. I will see you in two years. Let's long distance.
0: <laughs> and I think I wanna say that one of the producers maybe, uh, they went to Michigan. And Uh so a big appeal for setting it there and actually filming on location. They legit filmed on location at the university of Michigan. And, uh, and it was because he wanted to go back, see his school, you know, be back, you know, representing the alma mater, which I thought was kind of interesting, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, so all of this to say is clearly an accurate representation (laughs) of the roughness. That is that
1: I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I mean, throw onto, on top of this, You know, as they make this announcement, as Tom quits his job, he's then extended the head chef job at a a restaurant that that the chef of his current employer is going to start up. So they're both faced with these great career opportunities, and you know he says no to go to Michigan. (laughs) And to
0: be fair, because he didn't know that when he said yes to Violet. Ooh, here's a question: You're dating for a year, Tim. You're yeah. dating for a year. You're in love. You love her, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it might as well be C. It might as well be the love of your life, your wife, sure. right now. Mm-hmm. You guys mm-hmm. are dating for a year. She gets, you propose the whole nine. She gets an offer somewhere terrible to go for a couple of years. But it's only been a year. You're success. You are budding. You are on the brink. And come to find out that you're about to get your big break as well. Yeah. Do you go to Michigan? No. i <laughs> not
1: going to Michigan. <laughs> I just uh, we we had this we kind of had this discussion um while watching the movie. I just I I hate winter now so much. Um it's been great this year not having to go anywhere since we've been home with the baby. Um I hate it so much that every year I just can't wait to move somewhere warmer. Uh, I just, I can't do it. And I listened to my, my sister-in-law. They've been there for a couple of years now and she, they grew up in California. They both grew up in, you know, Fresno, California. And, you know, she still hates it too. <laughs> like yeah. the, 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 the clothes that they have for winter are disturbingly thick. <laughs> like. <laughs> Huh? I have seen I have seen ice on the inside of windows where ice should never be. Like to just
0: no, that's too much. Yeah, nope. even in the nope. winter, I walk around in shorts. You yeah. can't do that where it's real winter.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I, right off the bat, I was like, "Bro, you are such a better person than I am in this story because he I is such this. a good
0: guy in this."
1: And I think that really sets up a lot of of what is to come and what makes this movie work and have a lot of heart. Right.
0: So why does this work and why is it worth a second chance? And I think number one, first and foremost is the writing. I think the writing is absolutely excellent. It walks this line beautifully between, you know, your cliche slapstick blue sort of Mm -hmm. comedy and a genuine romance story with real heart and heartbreak. Right. Yes. You know, I I think this was true of forgetting Sarah Marshall and and I think it's true again here, but even to a greater extent. This one, mm-hmm. this one really walks a more grown up line than even Sarah Marshall did. And I think that this harder lean and push for something with that more focus on the characters, their flaws, the realities of the relationships, is something that is not easy to do. Um, no, and it's amazing and it- to watch it play out here.
1: And it's a lot more grounded, too, when yes. you think about forgetting Sarah Marshall. It is a lifestyle that we can't really relate to. Like, you know, if I were to break up with my long-term girlfriend tomorrow, I'm not flying to Hawaii for a week on a whim, right? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't have that kind of money. Um, you know, so there's a lifestyle there that, that, that kind of puts this at different. You're
0: right. We don't really relate to that, per se
1: so this is much more grounded this is much more of a real story and more relatable in the everyday aspect of the relationship you know there's there's not there's not fantasy in this you can have that discussion like i mentioned we had you know with your significant other of like hey what would we do in this circumstance or you know how could we navigate a situation like this where it's you know your career versus my career versus our engagement um you know that's not not a storyline that you'll find in forgetting sarah marshall so it makes it you know it's a completely different movie um but still borrowing a lot of those elements to m- keep it in that, that that lane of being funny um, and being a, com- uh, a, a good comedy.
0: I mean, I think that's exactly spot on. You know, overall, the way that it tells this real and believable story, this true romance between people who are so relatable, it, mm-hmm. I related, it resonated with me from jump. In the opening scenes, right, we see them driving. We open up to see Violet and Tom in the car heading to a New Year's party at Violet's sister's house. They met at a New Year's party a year prior. So this is their one-year anniversary and New Year's at the same time. Mm -hmm. And on the way there, Tom is being super weird (laughs) and because his plan is to propose, right? Now, that wasn't necessarily what happened with me, but I will tell the story. And Alyssa... I'm sure we'll be okay, but she doesn't listen <laughs> anyway. So who cares? Listen, I dated for years, you know, six, six years, maybe a little more before we got married. And I remember having a conversation. I had saved up some money, um, kind of like my rainy day fund, whatever, you know, so we were talking finances, we were thinking about X, Y, or Z and something ends up happening. So I, I buy her ring. So I use, I, I had saved up like six grand and I went and I bought her engagement ring while she was, I don't know, on vacation somewhere, whatever. Doing something. Th- doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. <laughs> now she comes back and something happened. Uh, my car broke down, whatever. Again, I don't remember. Irrelevant. So, uh, but something happens where I need to spend a chunk of money, which I no longer have. Right. And so Elissa, and to, to be fair, right, she is you know we we're, we're we're not engaged yet and so she's still kind of gauging like you know this is the man that I'm I see myself marrying uh-huh. and now what she's seeing is essentially from her point of view okay what's the problem you've got some money saved up fix the thing and I'm like well I don't have the money well what did you spend it on right. well that doesn't matter but i don't have the money i can't tell you why can't you tell me like in her mind this dude is totally irresponsible with his finances who knows what he like what did he just burn this on you know and and especially right. with me right was it you know collectibles was it movies <laughs> was it something stupid which is totally me And so, you know, again, she's just badgering me and badgering me to the point where I'm just looking at her. I'm like, can you please stop asking me Mm -hmm. what I spent this money on? I cannot tell you. And it dawns on her, and she immediately falls silent, gets the big old smile, and's like, oh, oh, I know. So now she knows. And this is what happens in the car, right? Violet's like, what's wrong with you? Where are we going? Why do we have to go to the restaurant? Like, we'll not stop the interrogation And we as the men just have no choice but to basically be like, shut up. I am Mm -hmm. proposing to you at some point. And this is what, dude, it just, watching that play out on screen immediately brought back that moment for me. Even, actually, when I did propose to Alyssa a couple (laughs) months later, because then then I had to wait even longer to, like, let it die down a bit. Right and and so i proposed to her we we had planned a trip to go back to puerto rico and and so we're there and and to get to the place i was gonna do it it was like a six hour drive and we're crammed in this tiny car sitting in traffic it was miserable and awful but i've got people there waiting like her friends everyone were having a huge party like her best friend was there her brother was there my sister was there like all these folks are there to celebrate the engagement And if I don't do it, we're going to walk in and they're going to be like, yay, let me see the ring. And she's going to be like, what ring? So I'm like, let's go for a walk on this beach, whatever. And she's miserable. This is the last thing she wants to do. She's like, I just want to get there. I just want to sit down. I want to eat something. I want to go to sleep. Whatever, right? I need a drink. And, And I'm like, no, baby, let's go for this walk. And so she is pissed at me. And I have to, you know, propose and it's the same, right? Like now he has to play out this thing that is just not what he expected, not how he envisioned. It works out. It worked out for me. It works out for him. But the way that they capture it, not only is it funny, but it's so, so real.
1: Oh yeah. I mean there there's everybody's kind of got that scenario and you've you know some sort of story like that like yours that you can relate to this where you've been trying to plan this thing and she just doesn't want to let it go. And you know the, even when they get to the restaurant and he's got his his buddy Chris Pratt in on on uh the the <laughs> the, the engagement. Yes, and, he's so awkward. And even that goes awkward and and uh Tom's just like forget it. It. she already knows let's let's just move on let's, well let's the pretend. best line is
0: when he tells them that he knows and chris pratt's like oh okay and he's like but but she still wants it so yes. she's like oh no but still do it and he just looks at her and goes this is stupid right. <laughs> dude it makes me laugh and that's that's ex- like if you can you know if, if this is where you're if you have these experiences this is hilarious this is the this is the definition of it's funny because it's true Yeah. It's just funny because real life is funny. This movie does a brilliant job of finding the comedy in the tragedy of everyday life. Yeah. And and that's what makes it so good.
1: Yeah. And and that is where I'm that's where i'm getting with the the difference between this and a forgetting sarah marshall that that is you know the comedy found in the celebrity lifestyle and this is the comedy found in an everyday relationship where people are making sacrifices and making changes and and life gets in the way i yes. mean when they get to michigan and tom goes through that montage of applying at all of these restaurants and gets laughed out of restaurants for for leaving san francisco Chris turns to me and she goes well why if they all hate Michigan so much why don't they leave and I'm like because that's where they live like we don't know why they're there and I'm sure if they could move to San Francisco they would but they will just pity somebody <laughs> for end, willingly ending up in that situation right you've done it to, to somebody I'm sure you would be like why did you choose to live here right like why would you choose to do that well especially
0: if you came from the show You know what I'm saying? Like, you were (laughs) just in the big time. Yeah. What are you doing?
1: You know, he gets laughed out of all of those restaurants, settles on a sandwich shop, right? Oh, which
0: that place is real, apparently. It's a real sandwich shop in the Michigan area.
1: That's amazing. And I definitely Or the Ann Arbor area. uh, The Michigan area. (laughs) The (laughs) The Michigan area. A a very big state divided by a a big old lake, too. Right. (laughs) Um, But- uh, you know, Tom just kind of gets lost there, right? And the whole sequence where he just spirals <laughs> into these, these, this. These friends that he has made that aren't real friends, right? Like you, you you've all had the, the, these type of temporary friends where you're like, I guess this is the best I'm going to do, and these are the people that are available to me. You know, and he spirals into this mutton chop, venison, deerskin skin art making mountain man who owns a crossbow, right? Like he's a completely different person than where he began, but. But that is life, right? That is that is yes. the impact of that choice that it had on him. And you totally feel that. You totally feel that. You know, what a place does to you for you to survive, right? There's a survival element there. But that is life. That is everyday life. What have you adapted to keep your sanity and while at the same time lose your sanity, I guess, which is what he does. Tim, um, Tim, uh, message
0: received, buddy. When, <laughs> when the quarantine is over, we'll, you know. It's, we'll just go our separate ways. Bromance ends. (laughs) Fine. I get it. No, but you know what? I'm really glad you pointed that out because some of my favorite characters in this movie are that those very people, right? So when they're in San Francisco, they have a life with these people who lead similar lives, right? She's close to her sister. His buddy Alex played by Chris Pratt is there, you know, and it seems like these are people who are going to be in your life for a long time because this is where you all are. And when they move to Michigan, she gets a group of friends, Mindy Kaling, Randall Park, mm-hmm. and Kevin Hart play these other grad student sort of teacher aid type people and then uh, and then he he gets Chris Parnell and Brian Poussin as his like just like mountain lake dwelling people of Michigan who just kill me. Uh, yes. and it's great. and and they have that meeting too, right? because they go to the party. With mm-hmm. all the other you know, professors and, and kind of wannabe educator, professor people. That's like their goal. And, uh, and that's how Chris Parnell approaches him. And he's another sort of educator spouse. And so yeah. that's how they find each other. <laughs> this is just the point of life that they're in now. And they find comfort <laughs> in each other. But they couldn't be more different.
1: No. You know, everybody's exposure to a chef in Michigan is uh, run through the lens of Ratatouille. Right. right. They're oh, all like, yes. oh, you're a chef. You've seen Ratatouille that movie like you know again coming from the show, he, you know, he's in it with other chefs and you know other culinary types and now he's in Michigan and people just don't apparently have this concept of, you know, cooking for a living. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> so the next thing that I want to point out is what this movie does so beautifully is that it tells this real story and it tells a believable and relatable story, but it never sacrifices. It, it doesn't let itself fall into the trap of your traditional tropes and cliches, right? You can uh-huh. have and achieve the heartbreak and the happy ending without having those like overly cliche moments, right? This is not a movie that ends right. in like the mad dash to the airport. This right. isn't where they cross paths and like realize that they need each other and one goes back to Michigan and while well, the other one came back to San Francisco and it's like oh my god he really does love right you don't run into these sort of just cheap fake things that just right. really don't happen in real life if they come together or they don't when their cra- as their paths cross and they don't or or whatever the situation may be it happens in very real ways right so yes. at the end of the 5 years little bit of spoilers here at the end of the five years you know they have to come to terms with who they really are trying to be who they really are and is this working are they happy and they go their separate ways for a while they uh-huh. find their ways back to one another but it is in a very believable and natural way right yes they, they, they come back to, it's, it's a phone call. It is in a, it is a conversation. It is, I think I need to explore this again. Well, let's come together. Let's give this another shot. Let's see what happens after a few weeks. Right. And, and the yep. realizations come in a normal way. It's not these grandiose, you know, like, like we've talked a little bit about the Disney princess mentality, Yes. right and, and that isn't that doesn't exist here and I think the movie and the storytelling is all the better for it because it is relatable start to finish every element of this movie you could see yourself in it
1: yes and that's that's absolutely helped along by the fact that the reason they break up or end the engagement in the first place is very believable it, you know there's a little yeah. bit of infidelity but it's not. You know, I had a raucous one night stand with somebody. It was, you know, her, uh, Violet and her professor, you know, get drunk and they share some intimate thoughts or she's going on about Tom and the struggles in her relationship. And the professor makes a move and they kiss briefly, but she's like, whoa, 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 wait, I, I'm, I'm in love with Tom. Like, no, this is not a thing. And then Tom gets um, you know, drunk on the rehearsal dinner and he ends up sort of hooking up with one of his co-workers that he meets as he stumbles, you know, home ha- blind drunk. But it's not ridiculous. You know, it's not they had crazy sex and they don't even really break up because the infidelity. Right. Like it's a it's a
0: it's a symptom of, of a it. bigger disease.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And they have that that realization that like, what has this done to us, right? And so it is really is heartbreaking when they go their separate ways because nobody really did this to each other, right? Nobody's at fault. Nobody's to blame. And when they are able to get back together, you're not like, oh, how could you forgive him? Or how could you forgive her? Because it wasn't them doing anything to each other. It was the situation that drove them apart.
0: No, absolutely. And I think, too, one of my favorite one of my favorite lines in this movie that just resonates on so many levels because you can really feel you really feel the hurt. Right. Uh-huh. And it's Jason. So as, as you mentioned, Violet gets drunk and, and she and her professor played by Riza Fonz, they share this kiss, they share this moment. She's complaining about Tom and feeling like he's not trying, like, like he's just kind of become this slob this who's given up and, and, and and she's just looking for someone to comfort her but she's looking for it in the wrong place right she's looking mm-hmm. for it with her professor they end up sharing this kiss she eventually is honest about it it's the the classic right like it meant nothing uh he kissed me right like i was the victim here which is kind of true to an extent but there's a moment and and he he accepts that at first mm-hmm. and they try to press on and they you know and they're and they're trying to just move past it and he understands and and his reaction seems reasonable he's like well he can't come to the wedding like your friendship is over and she's like absolutely agreed like you know all that stuff yeah and then all of a sudden it comes like it's still bothering him and one of the best lines in the movie is when he you know he tells her like it pisses him off and that he she hurt him Mm -hmm. not riza fonds but violet Uh And, and her response is, but he kissed me and he looks at her and says, but there is a reason something happened where Uh he believed that that was even an option right? and you put that out there. And, and that small moment, that small interaction, that small line made the movie feel like so much more, like this was so thought out
1: yeah absolutely i mean that is that that is such a i don't want to say believable but that 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 is the word that that is a believable scenario right i mean that is
0: the hurt yeah i mean you're out
1: with you're out with friends right it's 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 that emotional relationship more so than the yes. physical relationship, right? You know, we've gone out to happy hour with a bunch of coworkers and things like that. We spend an afternoon having a couple drinks and, you know, we, we talk about our relationships and everybody's in a relationship or married or has kids or whatnot. But, you know, you don't know, you know, you put yourself, especially in a situation where you have a, you know, a, a superior, right? Where, you know, in that tropey situation where it's a professor that you work for or something like that. Sure. But you know you you start to to let the alcohol take effect or whatever. And you say things a little loosely, you know what I mean? Like if you don't have a good guy friend to share that situation with or a girlfriend to share, share these things with, you start talking to people and then people say, Oh, well she's unhappy or he's unhappy. And now we're having this emotional bond. And then they're both drunk. And you know, that person that you opened up to sees that opportunity. And it's a very realistic scenario anybody who's been, you know, in a situation like that where you just kind of, start to drift into dangerous territory you have to really be careful with yourself you know especially when alcohol gets involved so it's a very like I was saying a, a very realistic scenario of them cheating on each other it's not this like throw off our clothes and let's have sex in the bathroom It's a very um, almost innocuous way to to get into that infidelity
0: Well and it's even it's not even so much about the infidelity as much as it is it is each of theirs realization that there is a deeper, Uh, unhappiness in this relationship for so many other reasons, right? Yeah, He cannot pursue his dreams, he feels inadequate as a man, all of these, that's what's really plaguing him. She Mm -hmm. feels like she cannot revel in her success because it comes at the expense of the happiness of her guy, and that lessens her, and that is not a situation anyone wants to be in. Mm -mm. And so... (laughs) These moments of these infidelities really just serve to and to to illustrate to them the the real failures of their relationship and, and yes. help them to come to terms with that as much as it pains them to do so because they do genuinely love each other but circumstances just this is not where they're meant to be in that moment and and it's just so beautifully beautifully done so if you can watch this movie through that lens, looking for more than just like a laugh riot, this movie will deliver so much. And, and a big part of that. So the, the last thing that I want to talk about is a huge success here is the, is the casting of Jason Siegel and Emily Blunt. I I always, Mm -hmm. I always want to give Jason Siegel so much crap for casting himself in his own leads. (laughs) Like he basically just writes things for himself, but hands down, this is another time where it is so evident and clear. He is beyond underrated as an actor working in this industry today. He can give you, he can make you piss your pants laughing, Mm -hmm. and he can leave you totally spellbound and jaw-dropped in a moment of such dramatic poise. Like, it is, it's unreal. It's so unexpected. And Emily Blunt, I can't say enough about her. She is an absolute monster as an actor. Like, she is so freaking good. Everything she does is awesome. And the chemistry between these two in this movie, we keep using the word believable, relatable, whatever. (laughs) I swear to God, they could, they have such chemistry in this movie that it drives all of this home. The greatest writing in the world means nothing. If you can't have two people who can genuinely play it out on screen together in a way that that just draws you in and keeps you locked in. And this movie does that. And these two actors do that.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting because at first you're like it's an odd pairing right you kind of off the bat if you look at it on paper you're like emily blunt like okay i know her especially watching it now in sort of as a retrospect right you Mm. know emily blunt you're like you know she's she's pulled down the mary poppins role right since then and um you know you're like she's she's done some bigger things some dramatic things and 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 you you think of jason siegel more you know, for the "How I Met Your Mother" stuff is really where I think a lot of people will kind of stick with him. You know, from that role, right. and you're like, that's an odd casting, but it works so well. They they just end up meshing so well together that it doesn't feel mismatched. This doesn't feel like a Hollywood relationship, right? This doesn't feel like an unbelievable. Um, like he would never be with her. I never found myself saying that. I never found myself going like, oh, he's out of her league or she's out of her league. It felt like a good match and ultimately that's why you're happy the way this ends right you're happy that they come back together you're because the other people that they end up with are not good and the chemistry between them is terrible and it shows and it just makes it that much more rewarding and that much more acceptable when they do find themselves back with each other because you never wanted them to be apart in the first place
0: right so this movie is not without its flaws. Right. And there is one major one that I really want to talk about. The main thing for me that I had a really pro- a, a big problem with, and and I think a lot of people probably do, this movie is long, man. Yeah. This movie is so long. Two hours and 11 minutes for the extended cut. Yep. And and there is, there's a lot of stuff. You know what? I think what it is that really bothers me, and I'm going to throw this out there, and you tell me what you think.
1: Mm -hmm. there's
0: always stuff you can cut, especially in the extended edition. There's a whole storyline with one of her Um, ex-boyfriends. I take it back. It's not a whole storyline, but you get these two glimpses of this ex-boyfriend that give you these random windows into her past relationships and her inability to commit long-term and how she hits sort of like these four-year itches and and bounces. And so, you Mm -hmm. know, no surprise that she kept pushing this off and fearing commitment and that kind of jazz. And that's a narrative that plays out in conversations between her and her sister and and all that. Mm -hmm. So that's a genuine uh, storyline that I think is justified in this narrative. But I think him coming in is just so unnecessary. This Gideon character is beyond unnecessary and it's awkward and it just, I don't know, it makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I think now that you've told me that that was in the extended version, uh, it doesn't really add anything to it. I don't, you don't need more of a reason of why she would be jumping ship, or like, you don't need any other reason to doubt they're going their separate ways. We see every reason why they should go their separate ways without having this seed of like, oh, this is something she would have done anyway, whether they were in Michigan or San Francisco. Right. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And then when he comes back uh, for, I think one of her grandparents' funerals, right. Correct. Yeah. Uh, he, she's like, what are you even doing here? And she, and he's like, oh, well, we became good friends after, you know, after, you know, recent years. And then he, he names his random daughter after Violet, after his ex-girlfriend. And you're yeah. like, oh, OK, why? Like, you clearly didn't don't like her. You're kind of mad about the way that she jumped ship of your relationship, but you named your daughter. It was weird. It was totally weird. And I could see how you could save those six minutes. But those six minutes don't really make uh, make much of a dent. Well,
0: and that's exactly my point, because outside of something like that, and there might be one or two other moments similar to that, that you can maybe cut this movie will remain long. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think right. that helps it to live more in the drama, right? Mm-hmm. Category, being that's a more appropriate length for a traditional dramatic piece as mm-hmm. opposed to your comedies, which tend to run closer to the 90 minute mark. Yes. I think this movie is called the five year engagement. And, and I think what the runtime has the potential to do, if executed well, is to really, really give you that sense of time and really ground it even more in reality. Like These are not things that happen quickly. These are not things that we wanna just brush over and say, oh, believe us, they had a falling out. Oh, believe us, they have found their way back to each other. That is why you get those rushing to the airports, these last minute cliche like, he is the one, right? Uh Because you're trying to tell the story too quickly. More goes into that in real life. And I think they do explore that. So I'm not mad at the runtime. I think where it fails isn't just in length alone, it is that it's poorly used. Because there is a, for me watching it, there was a weird, there was a weird element that I could feel the length of time, but I couldn't really understand the passage of time. I remember watching for a long time and understanding, man, they have been in Michigan for a while. Mm -hmm. But in terms of how they depicted it on screen, it seemed like maybe a year or two when it had actually been like five years. It's a little too subtle. You see certain kids go from being babies to being like kindergartners mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, seasons pass, but Michigan has like one and a half seasons. <laughs> so it all kind of looks the same, right? So it's, yeah, I think they just don't do a good enough job of, of really illustrating specifically how much time has passed. And therefore you just sort of feel trapped in this long going sort of time loop sort of situation. <laughs>
1: yeah you you the elements that they chose like the ones you mentioned are are odd right they right. don't necessarily even mark a passage of time there's one cut scene where you see like the snow to the s- summer and then back to like fall and you're like okay you know jason siegel's beard grows out and he gets like these weird mutton chops it's like okay in a month, I look like I currently look right now, which is a pretty hefty beard that I've trimmed once, right? right, right. Other people, it might take them a full year to, to get this kind of scenario going on. So Now, he's also
0: um, made a whole host of deer-related products and mugs <laughs> right, and stuff, right? right? So, yeah, but but you absolutely.
1: Know, there's, there's that, and then there's the death of Violet's grandparents, and they kind of use that as a marker of passing of time. But they're all old people. Like they could, they could die, die right within quickly. a week of each other, right? So no. it's you know they're kind of showing time going on there, but we don't know you know the difference uh, in time between them dying. Like I guess that can show a long period of time, and then you have like you know Chris Pat- Chris Pratt's character changing a little bit from the the jerky doofus that he was in the beginning to you know they're so in love with each other at the end and he's a little bit more grown up but we don't spend enough time with him for that to even be a huge arc so you do get lost in the weeds of how much time we're actually talking about and that does hurt things a little bit because that sort of speeds up tom's descent into madness a little bit you know making you believe that maybe his cheese wasn't firmly on his cracker to begin with like you know there's (laughs) just there's just some some odd elements that just end up hurting that and then at the same time you have that interlude period where they're not together and it serves that purpose of you being like okay they're totally meant for each other but they're at that adds runtime that is necessary but also unnecessary. And I I struggle with how long it felt, but then what do I cut, right? So that's why Mm -hmm. I come back to exactly what you're saying, is that there has to be a clearer mechanism to show the passage of of time than what was actually used.
0: Oh, and it could be cliche or or whatever, but I mean, you've already set it up. It's called the five-year engagement. We talked about 500 days of summer and how nice it was to actually have that counting clock or the calendar of days and it was an interesting dynamic i mean it could be as simple as you know year one you know like now we know we've been in michigan a year year two year three and we know we're getting closer to the end you know that it could have been just as simple as that And, and to really ground it and frame it out into a structure that we can follow because absolutely honestly it seemed like the first winter there he had that crazy beard and and whatever, right. but that was really <laughs> like two years or three yeah. years, and yes, you know. Anyways, so I think uh, you know. So so there is that. I think the movie is long, but there's not enough framing in it mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. it to to help you through the time, and so therefore you just sort of feel lost in time mm-hmm. without real structure or guidance, which can make the movie just feel even longer.
1: Yes. Um, Additionally, the other thing that gets a little tiresome is the the penchant to kind of repeat a joke for a little bit too long you know do you yeah there are certain things where you're kind of pushing too hard um there's a scene towards the end where violet and uh susie are together they're talking in front of uh, of susie's two kids and they start talking about these really serious relationship stuff but using cookie monster voice and elmo voice and you're like okay this is cute for a minute but now you have bad british accent in an elmo voice i'm like okay in a bad
0: in a bad elmo <laughs> voice,
1: yeah wow. and which gets it strained the longer it goes on and i literally turned to carissa and i was like stop I, this has to end now i can't take this anymore <laughs> and there are a couple of moments like that where you're just like i get it i get it and, and you're running that 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 risk of like if we do this long enough it could be funny but a lot of the times it just ends up not being funny. There's similar when they have a dinner early on and um, Tom's trotting out all the deer products. He's like, hey, this is made of venison and this is, you know, deer skin. And here's my homemade mead. It's honey mead made with local." And like, you get it. I got it. You got off the reservation. (laughs) Like, I get it. Fine. Okay, let's move on. And so this just couple of those moments where you're just like all right you're trying trying a little too hard here
0: yeah and i can totally understand that i think i am a little bit more of a sucker for that it reminds Mm -hmm. me somewhat of like the family guy approach where it's exactly (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) that's exactly it where it's in and of itself it isn't overtly funny you yeah. know, another scene I think about is the scene where we are introduced to Tom's new girlfriend, the younger girl. Uh, and that uh-uh. scene goes on for so long, but it they go on so long that it also Chris Pratt singing that stupid song at his wedding. Uh-huh. Like the, ay, 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 ay. uh-huh. <laughs> and so, you know, it is for me, I'm a like I said, I'm a bit of a sucker for that. And it, it does hit the note where it's just going on for so long. It's it's not that the joke or the moment is funny. What's funny is we're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can totally understand. Maybe a couple of times too many. You know, I think it's it's an absolutely legitimate uh, criticism. But if it's something that like me, you're a bit of a sucker for this, may not hit <laughs> you so hard. And I I think that's sort of the case for the whole movie, right? Any movie, no such thing as a perfect movie, any movie has the bad. This is one where the good so far outweighs the bad. It is why it's on our recommend list. And you know, I think this movie really, as we talked about early on, just suffered so much from the existence of its predecessor, of forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I believe that a lot of folks went into this movie expecting something closer to that, you know, get them to the Greek for as bad as it was. It did well in the box office. I thought the movie yeah. itself was trash, but yep. a ton of people went to watch it because they saw Forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? That movie more than doubled its budget. Um, yes. This movie did not double its budget because it had, we had already seen a massive letdown beforehand that had tricked everyone into paying to go see it. So people right. weren't willing to accept this one at face value yet, right? right? And when they got in there, and it wasn't on par in the same way, and by on par, I don't mean as good as, but it just, it didn't hit the same notes or have the same mm-hmm. tone as forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think yep. people just immediately considered it garbage. And yep. and that is such a, as I watch it, it is, that is so disappointing. And But admittedly, I was one of those people. The first time I saw this, I wasn't expecting what I had seen. What happened was is that when I started to remove myself from it, a little, like as the night went on and I started quoting some lines and thinking back on some things and I started laughing a little harder and then I started thinking about some of those moments, like that moment I talked about where Siegel just looks, he has so much hurt in his face as he's like, for some reason he thought it was okay to kiss you. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 how real that felt and the emotion behind that. And as as I marinated on it and I started thinking about that, I knew I had to watch it again. So I watched it a second time and then even a third time. And every time I watched it, I got more and more from it and I loved it more and more. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so that is why I chose this movie for this deep dive. Because I do genuinely believe that if you give this movie another shot with an adjusted expectation, you very well may be more than a little surprised at just how good it really is. It hits so many notes. It delivers the perfect amount of laughs. You genuinely root for Tom and Violet, and it feels good to do it because you relate to them. Their chemistry is fire in this movie. Mm -hmm right and so it feels right and natural to want good things for them yes you know this is the perfect movie to curl up when you just want to have a bit of a laugh maybe some gentle tugs on the old heartstrings, strings <laughs> but you leave feeling overall satisfied and with that subtle you know but ever present smile on your face right as long as you can forgive some of the length and some of the shortcomings. Which I absolutely can do. I I highly recommend this movie. If that's the kind of mood you're in, and if you're willing to kind of go into it with this thought process, I bet you you'd be surprised. I give this one a 6 out of 10, and it's a total must-watch.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, You know, I I definitely see how you'd be disappointed coming at this with with those expectations. Um, Having totally missed this, you know, when... Totally glossed over it. Um, I didn't have those expectations, you know. Mm. I, as much as I loved that movie, you know, when you kind of pitched this, you're like, "Don't, don't get excited." I, was like, well, I mean, I don't have to. I don't need another forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? Like, I don't, I don't need that same movie. I'll just go watch that movie. I love it. Love right, it's right. fine. <laughs> um, I don't need a sequel to that. And again, when we got a sequel to it, it wasn't any good. Um, so. You know, just just going into that is completely blind. It is really sweet, and it is a great movie to watch this weekend if you want something that is fun but isn't you know uh, d- dripping with sentimentality. Valentine's Day ooze fest. You know, a movie that would be like, oh, that's what you did this weekend. You know, turn in your your bro card or whatever, right? Like right. This, uh, this satisfies both ends of this and again being so realistic and being you know about a very real relationship scenario that people have found themselves in, people, you know, that we know have made these choices. Do we go out west, you know, because you can get a better job there? And I'll figure it out. You know, this is, you know, your your job. You're getting this opportunity. I'll forego mine. And yeah, this is a bummer that, you know, I'm missing out on opportunities here, but let's go make this work for two years. And then, you know, things change, things evolve, life happens, and you find yourself four years removed from your initial scenario and you just have to deal with it and again that's what makes this so relatable and makes this uh, a very impactful movie and can open those conversations. Like I said, we sat here and had these conversations. We had these, 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 you know, putting ourselves in those scenarios like, Oh, would you have done this? You know, very much like what you did at the top of the episode. Like what I do when I moved to Michigan, if, you know, it depends on how much money <laughs> let's, let's talk money. Right. And like, you know, it's, there's a lot going on there. Um, But it's just, it's so much heart and so relatable and so much fun. And there's so many little things that happen that just make you laugh. Um, Again, when I sit and think about the length of it, there's ways that you could cinch up the story, but there's nothing I would cut because there's just so many enjoyable tidbits and then again like i said i just loved the ending the just it's different than other things right they come back together and you're happy about them coming back together it's not like other movies like the breakup where it all, all about their breakup and they go their separate ways or 500 days of summer where you watch this whole movie about their relationship and then they don't even end up together, right? Like they, they end up together, and the ending is cute and really fun. A little over the top, but it was hilarious. It's absolutely a, a, a must-watch. Um, you know, especially again if you if you missed it the first time around, go watch it. it it's such a great, relatable romantic comedy and it's great to watch for valentine's day i think this is a great pick for us underrated something a little older a little of a of a a throwback a little deep dive for a deep dive episode um but do it it's again why we're here right we're picking stuff from the wasteland that is streaming to find you a little bit of nugget you know something that will uh make you happy that you spent the time on this rather than going back to another episode of you know Downton and nabby reruns
0: right right no absolutely yeah so i think that's the perfect spot let's put a bow on this one now so mm-hmm. the five-year engagement starring jason siegel and emily blunt uh available right now to stream on hbo max check it out it's perfect for this weekend. Couldn't have said it yeah. better myself, Tim. Love it. <laughs> Love it. As always, please, guys, make sure to reach out to us. You can listen to this episode, any of our episodes on the Podbean app, or anywhere that you get your podcasts, including. YouTube. So uh you know check us out anywhere that you guys uh listen. Like, subscribe, rate, share, all that stuff. It is a massive, massive help for us. Um, additionally, on Instagram, check us out there. We do posts each week with you know little quick reviews and stuff that's going on. So check us out on Instagram at pause reviews and use that to comment and send us a DM, send us whatever, send us recommendations, requests, questions. All that good stuff. We are at pause reviews there. You can always email us, pausereviews at gmail.com, or you can find links to everything on the site, www.pausereviews.com uh, links to all of the places, all the, the podcast libraries and directories where we are, and also, you know, all the episodes available for streaming, downloading right there, courtesy of Podbean. Let's see. Other than that, next week, we will be back with another brand new episode and it'll be a rewind. So uh, no need to do any prep or homework. Come and check out what we are watching this week. And I think there's a lot of good stuff. I think we're going to be talking about some interesting things. I know Malcolm and Marie is on my radar from Netflix. I know The Little Things is on my radar from HBO Max. Um, I think Tom and Jerry is starting to... Get ready to come out here in the coming weeks. So uh, anyways, lots of good stuff. So make sure to tune in.
1: I have a couple I we went back a little bit into the, the vault to fill some holes. So, you know, I, I have some feelings and some of that stuff. And then I have I, I think what is a, a, a listener request that I'll that I'll chat with you about. Somebody <gasps> hit me up for something. I'm not really sure what that was. I just got a, a text that was like, Have you seen this? And then that was the end of the conversation. So I'm not sure if that was a recommendation or not, but uh kinda check it out. Oh, Maybe we'll talk about that too.
0: I love a listener request. Oh, yeah, that just got me excited. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you once again for listening. Ooh, especially you, James. <laughs> I, have a, I have a buddy who had no idea that we had a podcast and sent me a picture the other day of him listening to some of the episodes while watching the Super Bowl. Um, so thanks for listening, James. You and the six others mean the Love world it. to us. Uh, as always, I'm your boy Frank. This
1: is it.
0: and we will catch you guys next week. Until then, happy watching.
1: Happy Valentine's Day! Oh yeah,
0: and that! (laughs)